0: This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishnanos. Good morning. Uh, We are doing the Bhagavad Gita, chapter 4 we have come to and uh, we had completed till verse 23 last time. So today we are going to do verse 24 onwards. Today's episodes are more on sacrifice and what is the meaning of the word sacrifice, how sacrifices are done. Plus, how do you use your body for the purpose of sacrifice? So, these are certain things that we are going to learn today. So, today we are doing Srimad Bhagavad Gita, chapter 4, verse 24 onwards. In the practice of seeing Brahma everywhere as a form of sacrifice, Brahma is the ladle with which oblation is poured into the fire, etc. Brahma again is the oblation. Brahma is the fire. Brahma itself is the sacrificer. And so, Brahma itself constitutes the act of pouring the oblation into the fire. And finally, Brahma is the goal to be reached by him who is absorbed in Brahma as an act of such sacrifice. So here the idea that everything is Brahma has been put forward. So let us go back slightly to understand what is this Brahma. Brahma as you know is the first divine unmanifest which means before anything comes into the being, that means existing. Brahma is the one which already exists. Where does it come from? It comes from the second divine unmanifest. The second divine unmanifest which is Krishna himself creates this Brahma. Let us see how it is done. Now let us say you are living in a particular house. Hmm? Now you have to create another property somewhere. So what do you do? You go and buy a piece of land over there. And once you buy the piece of land, then you are going to start construction over there. And once the construction begins, in the initial stages, you are going to gather the material concerned. Now, what are the materials concerned? You will find that whatever the materials that you require for construction like bricks, sand, mortar, you name it. steel, Steel rods and roofing material and flooring material. The entire works, you are going to bring this material one by one. So the material is one. The second one is putting together this whole thing so that the structure can be created. All right. So I have to create a structure. Now when I create a structure, first I need a blueprint of it. Isn't it? I need a blueprint of what I am going to do, which means I need to have an architectural design for that. Once I have the architectural design, I need someone to execute the contract for me. So I give the contract to someone and I say this is the design, this is approved and kindly start the construction. So use these ingredients that are there so that the building can be made. So what is it that is required in the building? It's not just the building, it's the foundation on which it has to be built. Everything has to be in its perfect place. Now in all this that I spoke about, who is the main person there? It's not the architect. It's not the person who has brought the material. It is not the person who is constructing it in the sense that uh, the contractor who is involved. It is not the worker who is involved. But me. Why? Because I am the one who is involved in everything. Now you please think about it, whether I am there in that physically present. I am not present in anything physically. It simply translates into that, I don't have to be physically standing over there to get it done. I have qualified people to do the job. So let us see how this whole thing comes into the picture. Now we go back to our story of Brahma. Now Brahma is the unmanifest. Let us compare me to Brahma. Okay, like that. And then the patch of land. That is the creation of the universe. I just have to have a place where I can create it. But before I create it, I need everything to be put together simultaneously. If I don't have everything together, then I can have a problem tomorrow. So while I am taking that land, that place where the whole universe is going to be resting, I got to have people in place. I need to have the architect. I need to have the contractors. I need to have the ingredients in space. So can you imagine that ingredients? What are these ingredients? Five ingredients are there today. You know, earth, water, fire, those air and the ether. So, these are the five ingredients. They have to be existing there. And the one who is going to put this whole thing together, whole thing together is called Prakriti, Mother Nature. She is responsible for putting everything in place right the way it should be. So, I hope you got the whole gist of it. Now, I need The one who is going to create it. So the creator is important. Somebody who is going to put the whole thing together and ensure that water is available, the soil is correct, the, you know, everything, the electricity and the water connections and all the other things have to be in place. Who is this person who is supposed to be looking after that? His name is Vishnu. (laughs) Vishnu. And yes, when I need to bulldoze certain thing, I have to pull down certain things. I need this Shiva over there. He is supposed to remove everything and destroy the whole place. So, everybody has been given specific targets and tasks to be done. Now, we come back to this person called Brahma. Now, there is no person per se. Like I said, he is the unmanifest. So, now I have given you an idea how everything comes from this. So let us see the verse once again so you can get a gist of what I said. In the practice of seeing Brahma, I can't see Brahma. But I got to practice to see. That means visualization is a must. If I have to take up artists or writers or people who write stories, You name it. Do I need a framework for that or no? Somebody has to do it properly. So before they do it, before they write it, they got to visualize it. The story is not yet there. It is to be visualized. You have to think about it. Yes, I need a hero. I need a heroine. I need the villains. I need this. I need that. The props are required. Too many things. And then how is the story going to flow? There is a particular flow of this story which has to happen. It's only when the story flows in a particular direction can this progress ahead. Got it? So let us see how this works. So he says, in the practice of seeing Brahma, that means I got to visualize, I got to think that there is a Brahma Brahma is the unmanifest. It is just to practice. It's like before the test match, you do net practice, isn't it? Or you do that, uh, what we call in sports, in the sports activity. If you are a person who is running, you need to do it in heats. So it's called heats and then sports, you know, the races. So when you are doing this practice session, so at that time you got to visualize it. How it's going to be. So in the practice of seeing Brahma everywhere. I got to understand that Brahma is everywhere. There isn't a single place. You name it. It's not there. I can't even say those words. You know he's not there in this place. You can't say that. He's in everything. He's the master of everything. He is literally existing In an unmanifest form everywhere. So I have to practice this thing. So he is in the form everywhere as a sacrifice. That means there is something which has to be executed. What is this execution? When I took the example of creating the house... All this thing has to be moving in a very systematic manner. Let us say I have to buy sand or cement. I may have to go to hundreds of dealers, not hundreds, maybe tens of dealers across the town search for the best rate available and how are the delivery schedules, whether they will deliver it to me free of cost, how they will put it across, where are they going to keep it? These are the questions that need to be answered very clearly. You got it? If these are the answers that need to be very much clear to me, then that whole exercise of doing it Performance of that action from going, talking to final delivery of the goods is called a sacrifice. It's a form of an action. What is the result of a sacrifice? The result of the sacrifice is I have got my cement bags in place so that they are safely tucked away for future activity. Right? So this is how we have to actually see. So he says, in this sacrifice, Brahma is the ladle. Ladle means something which I got to stir it with. You know, when you stir a pot, you know what you do? You use a ladle. Now if I have to pour something, in some, if I am cooking something, I have to pour. Whatever that I wish to pour, I will use a ladle for pouring it. Isn't it? Then for stirring it, I need a ladle. So let us see. The ladle is Brahma. Now this is not Brahmaji. Don't mix it with the divinity called Brahmaji, the God, the deity called Brahma. No. This is Brahma. B-R-A-H-M-A. Just let us add M to it. Brahma. Alright. Now in this Brahma, he says that the ladle is Brahma. It is with which we can pour oblations into the fire. So whatever activity that needs to be done, the comparison is to a sacrifice. That means, you know, you must have seen the heaven being done. They put all the bricks on every side and then they start the fire inside that small, you know, big square. That is the havan and in that they do what is called as a sacrifice. If you have seen some of the old movies or the serials that are there, you will find that you will find most of these swamijis and babas and saints and sacrifice, they are doing the sacrifices. The orange color people and the wear the orange color dresses. What do they do? They do the sacrifice. All right. So, Brahma is the ladle. So, the ladle with which you are pouring something. What is being poured, that object is also coming from Brahma. This you got to visualize, got it? Even that object, let us say I may be putting some sticks in it, some kind of a ghee in it, whatever I am putting in it. All this, Brahma is the oblation. What I am putting in as oblation, it is the fire. When I light that whole thing up, It is the fire which burns. This whole thing I will then again give you an example for you to understand how this works in your own body. Brahma is the fire. Brahma itself is the sacrificer. The one who is doing this, the one who is holding this and pouring that thing. Maybe lighting the fire. That person is the same. Who? It is Brahma itself. And so Brahma itself constitutes the act of pouring the oblation into the fire. So whatever oblations that need to be put into that sacrificial pit, all that including the one who is putting it, the ladle, the sacrificing thing, the altar, everything is one. It is Brahma alone. And finally, Brahma is the goal to be reached by him who is absorbed in Brahma as an act of such sacrifice. (laughs) So, you are doing that job of pouring. What is it that you are going to achieve by it? The end objective is there. Everybody has to reach the last destination. Remember in the example that I gave, I said you have to complete the task. The whole thing has to be completed. What has to be completed? The whole objective of pouring the the entire thing inside and then letting it burn. So after burning, the sacrifice is happening. When the sacrifice is complete, something comes out of it. What is that something? We will come to it. So you have to reach the end goal is to have the essence of it. The essence and when the essence is there from the essence who is getting benefited? You, the Brahma itself, isn't it? So did you see the whole thing that I said is constituting you alone. Now let us do it slowly with another example. What is the sacrifice that is happening? What is the pit and what are the things that go inside it? How does it benefit? Now I am going to say you are the Brahma. You. Every individual is Brahma. You are hungry. So what are you going to do? Let us say you are having a very simple meal. Alright. So in that simple meal you take a plate and you put a small meal in that whatever it might be It may be curd rice for all you know. So you put the curd rice in it. And then you use your own hand. The hand is the ladle. Got it? This is the ingredients. The plate in which you are keeping those items are the ingredients. That means you have gathered gathered these ingredients. Who has gathered it? You have gathered it. You are the Brahma. Remember Brahma has gathered the ingredients. That is rice. And curd. These two things you have gathered. Now mix it nicely. Using your hand as a ladle, you are going to eat it. So when you are going to eat it, what happens? It is going into the sacrificial pit. This is the sacrificial pit. It goes inwards. Right? So where does it go? It goes into the stomach. So, whose hand it is? My hand. Brahma's hand. Now, Brahma has put everything in Brahma's stomach. Got it? Once it enters my mouth, is it different than me? No. It has become me. So, the sacrificial altar is me. The object, everything that is me. The one where it goes to, the place where it goes to is me also. Who is that stomach? My stomach. So there what happens? The mixing around happens. The digestion happens. The digestion is called burning. I am sure you know that. There are acids, there are things which are going on and it is a churning of the stomach. And after the churning of the stomach, all the ingredients that are there in the food are getting absorbed and some of the waste material is going further. It is going into the intestines. The intestines are responsible for certain amount of digestion also. So it pro- progresses in my elementary canal. As it goes ahead and ahead, What is remaining behind is the essence of that curd rice. So where is the essence now? Is in the essence in me only? Can I distribute the essence? No, essence is different and I am different. Can I say that? No. It is inside my body. So the place is me. The plate, the food is mine. I use with my own hands to push it in my throat. So I push it in my mouth. It goes inwards. There the sacrifice is happening. Even putting it in my mouth is an act. Lifting my hand is an act. It is called sacrifice. Just lifting it is an act. Putting it in my mouth is an act. The sacrifice is having in my hand. Work is happening here. Work is happening in my mouth. Work is happening while it goes down the gullet. Work is happening when it is churning in the stomach. The stomach juices are being flowing. You know, all these things are happening. And then the digestion is happening. That's called the burning. That is where the fire is lit. There is no real fire inside. Please understand. Otherwise, you will think that the stomach is on fire. Here, these are all the things that happen. And what comes out of this food is nothing but the sacrifice. Which means these special ingredients that are given to the body. Not it? They are useful for this person to live in this world. Isn't it? So I can do my activities. I will use the energy which has been given to me through this essence to run my body. So Brahma, that's me. The ladle is me. The food is me, the essence is me, the working is me. So all this put together, let us think that it is Brahma. It's a practice of seeing Brahma. So, I have given you a gist of everything that I have said so far in multiple examples. What does this actually mean to us? The very single punchline over here is, Can you see Brahma in everything? That is the punchline. The essence of it all, all these ingredients which look separate, 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 separate. Can you see Brahma in everything? Who is Brahma? Brahma is almighty God, the eternal God, Krishna himself in the unmanifest form. Can you see Krishna in everything? Now do you remember me telling you that we are eating the food? Whatever is not required goes out of the body as waste. Whose waste is it? Your waste. What does that waste go to? Where does the waste go to? It goes back to earth. It is recycled once again. It has gone back to the same mother earth which is called Prakriti. This entire cycle is nothing but Brahma alone. So seeing God in everything is the essence of this lesson. Can you see Brahma in everything? If you are going to make a distinction that in some places there is no God and in some places there is God, then you are saying something completely wrong. God is in everything. Krishna is teaching Arjuna that see God in everything. This is the truth. So, we move to the next verse. We are doing chapter 4 Bhagavad Gita verse 25. Other yogis duly offer sacrifice only in the first worship of gods, while other perform sacrifice of offering the self by the self itself in the fire of Brahma. So now we are going to talk about yogis. Yogis are the people who do the sacrifice. Now just now we have done an entire verse on the sacrifice which we called as the unmanifest Brahma. In that I gave you the understanding that everything is God alone. So if I have to understand that everything is God alone. Let us see how every individual differs in its own way. And yet they do the same thing. Now when I say yogis, I am talking about spiritual people. I am not talking of somebody who does does yoga in this world. See, people have a mistaken belief that there are people who do those body exercises, you know, sitting in yoga, thousands and millions of people doing yoga across the world. I am sorry, those are not the people I am talking about. They are not spiritual at all. They treat yoga as a body exercise. Even in India, people consider yoga as an exercise so that they can be fit and healthy and they can have a proper sense in their head and they are mentally perfect. That is the reason why they do it. Because I want to see to it that I am happy at all times. There is no happiness by the way. What happy are you talking about? You see, if you experience happiness in your mind, remember I was doing a verse where I said clearly, happiness or sorrow is experienced only in the mind. And whatever you experience in the mind is responsible for your rebirths. You are going to be born again and again because you are experiencing those things. Think about what I am saying. Whatever body exercise you are doing as a yoga or whatever pranayama or you go to some yoga classes and do whatever it is, it is more or less connected to the body. Nobody knows the true Ashtanga Yoga because people believe that they know. No. They are more adept in doing body exercises. They try to breathe while doing Pranayama. We are going to learn all this over here. So if you are here, For the satsangs, for Bhagavad Gita, we are going to do even those things. Krishna is going to talk about these things as well. So, he is going to talk about pranayama, he is going to talk about yoga also. So, let us see how that also helps. But it is not the main thrust of doing that. So, Let us see the verse. The yogis duly offer sacrifice in the form of worship of gods. So when the yogis of yore, that means from the past, what did they do? They performed sacrifices. They have made a sacrificial pit. If you go to most of the temples in India, most of the ashrams in India, anywhere that you go, all the holy places that you see here in India, you will find that they they are doing those kind of sacrifices. They call it Homa. They are doing that. And when they are doing it, they are invoking the gods. There are certain gods who are considered responsible for certain things. Let us say I do a sacrifice for Indradev. Why am I doing it? I am doing it for rain. If there is drought in my place, I want the oblations to reach him so that rain will fall from the skies. He is the God who is responsible for rain. And I pray to him and that rain will come. That is the general idea. So, there are yogis who are performing these actions. These kind of oblations are done for the purpose of getting some fruit or benefit from that god. In the recent coronavirus issue, there are lots of places where people performed yajnas For what purpose? So that this coronavirus can go away. Common sense will tell you that the coronavirus has come because of certain reasons. It will go away for certain reason and it may go away at a certain date. There is no way of knowing when these things are going to happen. But you can definitely say that there must be somebody who was doing the sacrifice. That is the reason why it is happening. It's a way of belief. Whether you believe it or not, it's your choice. So there are yogis in India, who offer sacrifices in the form of worship of gods. They do this worship for God. While others perform sacrifices by offering the self by the self itself in the fire of Brahma. So, instead of doing some activity which is connected to certain end results like those, like rain and food and you know, I want Wealth, I want power, I want money, fame, fortune, you name it. People perform different, different yagyas. Here, what is being said, I offer myself in it. I am offering this small self. The small self is that petty one which I am having. I am going to offer this to the big self. The supreme self. Got it? That means the sacrifice is I am going to overcome my mind. I am going to overcome this body. The body and mind are going as a sacrifice to the self. Everything that I am talking about just now is connected to what is called as a visualization technique. People visualize. They say... That I am going to do the sacrifice. Offer this body in the service of God. The capital G. I am going to offer this body in the service of God. I am going to offer this petty ego of mine and the mind of mine in the service of God. So there are yogis who do that as well. So different different kinds of yogis exist in this world. Alright, we move to the next verse. This is chapter 4, Bhagavad Gita, verse 26. Others offer a sacrifice, their senses of hearing, in, etc., into the fire of self-discipline. Other yogis again offer sound and other objects of perception into the fire of the senses. Anybody who wants to progress in this material world has to offer these important sacrifices. Forget about reaching the state of Brahma or reaching Brahma. But controlling your senses and mind is extremely important. Now he is saying others offer sacrifices, senses of hearing etc. into the fire of self-discipline. Let us take just hearing You know, people love to hear music. They love to hear all kinds of gossip. They love to talk and listen to their own voices. Oh, I was talking so nicely. They want to attend big seminars. They want to go and listen to praises from people. People will say, My God, you are such a great speaker. I am so happy to listen to you. Nobody before this has ever told this, how you can achieve this object. This kind of nonsensical talk, people love to talk. They will say a lot of good stuff. Or they will say something bad to you. How do they say something bad to you? They will say, you couldn't stick to your topic. We told you very clearly, we are talking on this subject. And you are meandering around, going round and round in circles and you never came to the topic. Your boss will say, you have done a very bad job. All this you are hearing. When a person hears this kind of a talk for or against, that means somebody is praising you or somebody is saying something bad. You are the worst person on earth. You don't know this. You don't know that. Both these are called hearing. When you are hearing people talk or when you hear yourself speak, you hear music. Hmm. sorry when you hear music when you hear loud music you get upset when you hear this very soft talking you know people love to talk very softly that is called that ASMR speech you know people love that it titillates them. It increases their libido. I mean, what exactly are they doing? They are hearing it. Ooh. And they get excited by it. When somebody croons, somebody sings a nice song, people get excited by it. When you hear people singing or when you are hearing music, what happens to you? let us say you are hearing a very old song it's a it's a devotional song let us say oh my god the person has devotional voice such beauty in this voice oh you keep on going at that you go gaga over a person it's a human being singing they are singing very nicely but you go into their human nature, they are the worst characters on earth. I know of a person who has got the most beautiful voice but is given to gambling like nobody's business. The, the kind of stuff that they do, then can you call it godly in any way? I am sorry, there is a problem there. They are Human beings who have good voices. There are people who do prayers, they sing songs, they do all kinds of things, but they have their black heart. I am not talking about these kind of people. I am talking about somebody who is really good. So let us come back to the verse once again. All that I said just now is hearing. The good and the bad. Both these things you are hearing. The answer is, You should not be swayed by that. If somebody praises you or says something nice, you don't have to come and blabber about it to 100 people or even I have to tell you these people spoke so nicely about. What are you doing? Why are you talking about it? Don't get carried away by all these people talk. Don't get carried away by the good words that people say. And then... The person, this person was talking badly about me. He is backstabbing me. He is doing this. He is doing that. He is such a mean person. That is called you are getting swayed. Your mind is talking. Do you remember the previous words where I said anything that happens in your mind is responsible for your rebirth because it is karma at the end of the day. So getting swayed by both these because of hearing I am just using one organ. The organ is this one ear. Because you heard certain words you are getting disturbed. And because you are getting disturbed it is not called a sacrifice. You have to let it be. What you hear should not affect you. So some yogis perform this action of sacrificing the sound. So he says the senses of hearing into the fires of self-discipline. Everybody over here should do this. Why do you have to get swayed because somebody talks good about you or somebody talks bad about you? It is that person's job to do so. That person is good or bad at heart. That person is anyway going to hell. Why would you want to go into rebirth again and again? So be a yogi. Don't get carried away by what people say. Neither this way nor that way. Don't get swayed at all. This is the thing which is called Sacrificing. When you do this sacrifice, you will reach the ultimate goal called Brahma. Got it? You have to use self discipline. You can't put your hand, you know, your fingers into your ear and say, I don't want to hear. It is not about putting your fingers in your ear and saying, I don't want to hear. And closing your eyes and saying, I don't want to see. That's another sacrifice. Or closing your mouth and saying, I'm not going to speak. Well, who is going to stop your mind? Even if you put your fingers in your ears or close your eyes or you shut your mouth, the sacrifice is still happening. There is something going on. What is going on? Your mind is going jabber 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 jabber. Your external organs are not necessary for doing the karma. It is your mind which does all the karma. Everything is connected to this one object called the mind. When anything happens, troubles in the mind, you get carried away by people saying something nice. It is called karma. You may say, what karma have I done? I have just stated the fact. You know, I have idiots in my world who will come and say these words. Guruji, I am just stating the facts. You know, this person came and said this thing to me. He said, you are such a great speaker. You write so well. Have you said these words? To me? Or to anybody? Well, it is constituted as karma. You know what a karma is? Whatever one person gives it to you, you have to give it back to that same person. So, let us say you have given a very good speech. And in that speech, this person came and praised you and said, you have done a great job, you are a great speaker, blah, 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 blah. And you got carried away and you said, oh, I am a great speaker, you know. I will go and tell Guruji about it. Okay, you have come to Guruji to tell Do you know what what has happened? You have have done a karma. Now what is the reverse playback of karma? What you have done to them or they have done to you has to be repaid in the same coin. Have you got a sanction for another lifetime of yours? Well, you have now become responsible for another lifetime of yours. Where You are not going to be the speaker. The other person is going to be the speaker and you will have to praise that person. How does that go? Just because you went and talked about somebody praising you, have you not sanctioned yourself one more lifetime? Think. The same way, if somebody has said something bad about you, say you are such a mean person, you are a bad person, you are... Worthless, blah, 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 blah. Let us say your boss has said to you. And you come and tell the world and you feel very sad about it. And you come and tell somebody, you know, my boss talks like this. You don't understand, you know, I am doing my job very well. I am doing the right thing. I am a very truthful person, blah, 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 blah. You have said all these things. According to you, your yardstick, you have done a good job. Your boss has said you are the worst character on earth. You are a useless fellow. Well, and you have gone and blabbered about it and you have felt very sad about the whole issue. Karma has happened because your mind got disturbed. Your mind has taken that, okay, this person has said these words to me. You have accepted it. The words have been accepted by you. So when you accept the words, what happens later on is, In this life too, you cannot give it back to your boss. So you have got a sanction for another life. And in that next life of yours, he will be your downline, you will be the boss and you are going to give the same peace of mind to this person. Now just because of this one act of yours, you have sanctioned yourself one more lifetime. But let me correct you once again. Have you actually sanctioned yourself one lifetime or million other lifetimes? Because it's never ending. It's a never ending story. So sacrifice is important. So here he says, you have to self-discipline yourself. You have to ensure that you are not talking about it and you are not doing anything about it. You are not going to get disturbed in your mind because somebody says good or bad to you. This is a sacrifice of the yogi. A yogi doesn't get disturbed when somebody says good or bad to him. Got the answer? Other yogis offer sound and other objects of perception into the fire of the senses. The sound which hits your eardrum. If I get carried away by the sound, if it is a bad sound, you know, bad music, ding, 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 people are praying such kind of loud music. Sometimes people don't like rock music. Sometimes they don't like hard rock. Sometimes they don't like, you know, all those different, different kinds of music. Sometimes people don't like the drums. Or they say, oh my God, this is such a horrible thing. Or on other side, Wow, this is such a soothing music. This is so nice. This is so wonderful. I am feeling so calm. This is a music of calm. Have you got disturbed because of that? Disturbed means you are feeling nice also. So when you are feeling calm, when you are feeling nice or you are getting upset or angry or whatever that you are doing, both these things constitute upsets. Both these things constitute that your mind is working. Got it? And when your mind is working, you have actually performed a karma. So here, what is Krishna saying? Other yogis offer sound and other objects of perception into the fire of the senses. When they hear the sound, they do not show any reaction simple understanding is now if i am sitting over here and outside there is a dog barking there are too many dogs you know and when they are going around they will ba 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 they will do all the sounds if i get angry upset or whatever just because those dogs are there i have performed an action That action has to be returned back as a karma. Please understand this. Even what I see, perceive with my eyes or hearing with my ears, it's a perception. You know how the perception happens? Suppose you see a person coming to a particular house, you know this is a chatterbox. Person keeps on jabber, 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 jabber. And the moment you come, you look at the person, and your ears start ringing, you know, and saying, "Oh my God, Yeah, look at this person who has come." You know, this person doesn't have an off button. The person just keeps on jabbering, jabbering, talk, 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 talk. talk. It's like a, it's like a parrot who just never stops, you know. It just keeps on talking. Just the thought itself. People say, it is so exhausting, you know, to hear. Exactly. If you are hearing, seeing that person or even just listening a little bit and saying, oh my God, this person is going to talk like this. And you already made judgments on the person. You are judging the person by just looking at it or just by thinking, oh, this person is speaking ill about me. This constitutes karma. So the yogi who is involved in this action sacrifices this into the sense organs. He says I am not going to use my mind over there. The mind is disconnected from the senses. The senses will only make me hear it but it is not going to be accepted as my mind. So when that happens He is a yogi. He doesn't allow anything to go inside his mind. So he has performed the action of hearing only in that sense organ. It has not gone beyond to the mind. So got the answer? So let us move to one more verse. This is chapter 4 Bhagavad Gita verse 27. Others offer sacrifices... All the functions of their senses and the functions of vital air into the fire of yoga in the shape of self-control killed by wisdom. Okay. Now this is the place from where the sacrifice of prana starts. You know very well the second body of ours, the second layer, second sheath of human beings is the pranic body. This what you see, touch and feel is called the food body. The second one is the pranic one. This is the pranic sheath. So we are going to the second sheath. It is also responsible for a lot of problems in this world. Alright. So other sacrifices, all the functions of their senses and the functions of the vital airs which is called the prana. Into the fire of yoga in the shape of self-control, kindled by wisdom. Now, earlier we were just using the external organs. We did last last verse we were doing about the ear and hearing. The same example is of eyes and seeing. The same example is of the tongue. Tasting. The same example is of the nose of smelling the same example can be applied to touch so everything is there all rolled in one but we have given only one example of hearing krishna doesn't want to give all the examples i think you have a little brains which you can decipher by using all the other senses and the sense organs correct so he is now moving to the next layer which is called the pranic layer so let us see what he says now He says, when you use the first one, that is the external one called the physical body. So, sacrificing all functions of their senses, all the senses that are concerned. And the pranas. The pranas are fivefold. Now, one of them. Now, let us see what is this prana and how does it affect us. Prana is called the life breath. We say something which is going to keep on going, happening constantly. It is happening by means of breath. The air that is constituted over here. We are taking air from outside. Are we taking the air from outside? Does it contain nitrogen, oxygen, these, that, so many things. Carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide, nitrous oxide, you name it. The air constitutes of a lot of ingredients. Are they a part of the prana? They are little part of the prana. Everything is not that. Air by itself is not prana. The thing which keeps us running. Life, breath. You see when you are under the water and if you are choking, you want breath to keep your heart running, isn't it? You want your body to function, so you need the breath. So even if you go to outer space, you will carry your backpacks with all those, I don't know, air, and whatever that is required. If you are going up the mountain also, you require. If you go down into the depth of the ocean also, you require. So everywhere you are going to carry this prana with you, isn't it? So this is called the life breath. It gives you breath for purpose of running your life. Got it? So this is the second layer of ours which is called the pranic layer. So here he says sacrifice all the functions of the senses and the functions of the vital airs into the fire of yoga in the shape of self-control kindled by wisdom. Let us now, we have done for the ear now let us do it for the eye. Or should we do it for the nose? Whichever that you want to. Let us take nose as an example. Instead of I, I, I have used many times. Let us take nose as an example. So, when I am doing what is called as breathing, I am doing breathing. Do you know your breathing most of the time? You actually don't know your breathing. Because it is very natural process for you. It's only when you are getting choked, that time you will be thinking and you will know that you are breathing. But otherwise in the normal world, what are you doing? You are doing breathing at a very normal pace. Do you think, I've taken one breath, I've taken second breath, I've taken third breath. Is that how you do? Not at all. Now what is he saying if you are using this breathing only for the purpose of living you are not performing any sacrifice. So that means whatever life energy that has gone inside your body because of breath that is now getting misused. It is only for your living don't you know in our spiritual world we say I should live my every breath of this life for my friend, colleague or whoever or this world? We say these words, isn't it? The mother is living her entire life for the child. That's a sacrifice she's doing of her life. Likewise, think about it. There are two people underwater. One is having that scuba diving gear with it, you know, that oxygen tank or whatever tank that is there. The other one has lost the tank. What will this person do? After taking a deep breath himself, will he not transfer his equipment to that other person and say, now you breathe. Don't they do that? If there is one person falling from height from an airplane and one person's a parachute is not opening. What will the other person do whose parachute has opened? Will he not try to save this person? And that is called a sacrifice. Like that when you do it in underwater, you are calling it a sacrifice. It is the same thing. It is called a sacrifice. So pranic sacrifice is an important thing. If I am doing just living a life like a, like a stone or like an ordinary person who is not using even the little breath of his for helping this world, I don't think you have done any sacrifice. You are doing what is called as karma and every karma is happening and you are going to be responsible for it. Just like when you go and fill air in your tires, are you paying that person for the air or no? Yes, you may be paying 10 rupees, 20 rupees or whatever, sometimes 50 rupees. You are paying for the person who has done the job. Or if I go to the hospital and if I take an oxygen tank, am I paying for the oxygen tank? Of course, it costs a lot of money. But are you paying God for this air that you are breathing? You think it is free? So in this material world which is made by the Brahma himself, the God himself, you are using the air only for living a shallow life? I don't think you should be doing that. You are using the air and the resources of God. You better do some work for him. And that is called a sacrifice. So I am going to end over here. But we will be doing this verse again in conjunction with 28, 29 and other verses. Because it is a part and parcel of the prana. So we will stop over here. And then I will start next week from verse 28 onwards. So we will be doing something about prana and pranayama and thereafter yoga and yogic exercises to get an understanding why it is important to do the sacrifices. All right. So I will end over here. You have a very great day and take care of yourself. Bye.